You are listening to Down Home. Honeymoon, anxiety, adjustment, and acceptance. According to this online source that I found, these are the four stages of what we commonly call culture shock. As is the case with a lot of things in life, everyone's experience with this concept is different. I know that I experienced a bit of it when I moved to Australia with my wife. Jay probably experienced a bit of it when he made the move from Nova Scotia to Ontario. And our next guest had his own experience when he came to Canada from Nigeria. Natural storyteller and lyricist, Dinosu, known by his stage name Dino, is a Nigerian-born artist currently based in Ontario. Writing and performing in Lagos during his teenage years shaped his experiences, forming the foundation of his passion for creating music and making the art form a core part of his identity. In this wide-ranging discussion with Dino, we talked about his move to Canada as a teenager, his musical influences, and the different challenges black people face in Canada versus Nigeria. Welcome to Down Home, the Nova Scotian experience by two black men. I'm Derek Wise, and as always, we have Jay Jones. What's up, y'all? And our conversation this week is with local Toronto musician and recording artist, Dino. Dino, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Uh, as you can see, my name, my real name is Dinisu Onyenokwe, but I go by Dino. It's my rap name. Yes, yes. Cool. Yes. So that makes it easier for us to be honest, man. <laughs> so, uh, of course, you spent your formative years in Nigeria. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about the culture shock of uh, of living in Canada, man. Um, okay, so I, I born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived there till I was about seventeen, and then I moved here for school. Uh, so I did like a, like a transition program, then I did university, then I've worked, and here I am now. Uh, so a little bit about the culture shock. I mean, first off, the coldest it gets in Nigeria, and this, like, it, it was a cold morning for me when it was like 24, 26 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, air conditioning will go down to 18 degrees, and like, I'm all like bunched up, like, oh shit, like, it's mad cold, so... <laughs> cold definitely was the biggest culture shock. Um, the most cold I had experienced personally was I had gone to like South Africa in like 2004. Yeah. And you know, they're like on the opposite pole. So their summer mm-hmm. is actually their winter, but yeah. it mm-hmm. isn't anywhere near as cold as this. Mm-hmm. And then like end of summer in like London, like sometime in the early 2000s as well. So my frame of reference for cold was warped let me just say so I, yeah. I had this i had this little jacket that i thought like i'm going to Canada. i have my jacket i'm going to be ready and then i landed in the middle of march Ooh. the day i landed was like a snowstorm so our airline got diverted to michigan to, to detroit and because i didn't have an american visa because i mean as a nigerian you need a visa to like go mm. into places so yeah and then there's like a law, you can't keep people in a plane for a certain amount of time or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we had to stand 
in between the airplane and the airport. So this was like in the middle of March. It was crazy. Uh, and then, you know, I eventually came to Canada. My sister was here. So she brought me this big jacket and I was like, yeah, you need this. So <laughs> that was like the biggest culture shock. Um, and then I'll just say generally, like from a mental perspective, um, I think I was born and raised in Nigeria. Um, I had a relatively, at least for a Nigerian context, liberal upbringing. But overall, Nigeria is a very conservative society. Um, and I think moving here, that was also like a big culture shock, you know, like it, yeah. it's a very liberal society, you know, like mm -hmm. I remember I moved. So I I moved to Hamilton. So I, I did like a transition program for one year so I could apply for university mm -hmm. or well for nine months from March to about um, December. Mm -hmm. uh, and then. I remember going to Hamilton, I moved to Hamilton and I would walk, I would walk to school like in the summers and everything, or even initially, like I just walked all the time because I was like, yeah, it's good exercise. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would see like in people's windows, like, you know, all those death metal symbols, like skulls, oh, yeah. like yeah, all of that. So from my Nigerian background, I was like, oh shit, devil worshippers, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't exposed to stuff like that. So I just had that mentality of like, these guys are like actual, like, you know, into witchcraft and wizardry and all that mm -hmm. shit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, and then Halloween, Halloween as well. Yeah, wasn't that'll be, a thing in Nigeria. Yeah. So that was also like a big culture shock, just kind of like seeing people dressing up as like, witches and like skeletons and all of these mm -hmm. spooky things i mean i had seen it on tv you know but mm -hmm. like to be in it i was like yeah i don't want to be caught outside <laughs> witches walking around and all of that so that was like a thing as well yeah um and then i guess just building more on like the liberal culture as well um i think there's a there's just a different attitude like it's just a different attitude you know it's like a little is a lot more laid back a lot more like uh, i don't want to ascribe any reasons as to why people are laid back here but like you know there's less of a fire lit under people and there's just a lot more societal protections yeah mm -hmm. so it's like you know work is in nigeria you wake up at like 5 a.m to get to work for 7 a.m to work till 9 p.m sometimes you you can't leave before your boss leaves mm. so that was the kind of culture i grew up in it's like whatever the top says you do and you mm -hmm. overdo in fact mm -hmm. uh, and even like an education system because i came here for school originally so that was my initial experience like you know before tests and exams like the teacher would stay in front of the class and be like okay so we're going to be testing you on chapter one. So read from page 23 to page 44. Like we didn't get that in Nigeria. It's just like, <laughs> really, yeah. We're testing you and you better know what we're testing you on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a like, test. Yeah. Basically, you know, so yeah. it was a lot more like you need to be ready. And like, wow, there wasn't any, like there were like ranking so you knew if you were top of the class and if you were bottom of the class so it was very much like a cutthroat type of environment mm -hmm. and i think coming here was a little bit more like oh i have a testimony and i know exactly what i should be reading like that that's easy you know mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um and i'm not saying one is better or the other it's just like the attitudes to like work and like 
school and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I guess also culture shock here as well is like, I grew up in, and I think we're probably going to touch on this later on, but like I grew up in Nigeria, like the most populous black nation in the world. It's also like, I grew up in Lagos, which is also like a multicultural city. So mm-hmm. there were like Chinese people, there were Indian people, there were like white people that we all kind of mingled with, but they were the minority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was part of the majority. So I never had, the, and then I also, I'm really into history. So I study history. So I know my roots, you know, so I never had like, I never felt lesser than like I always had a very full perspective of what was going on, even mm-hmm. just interacting with people in my, like out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming here and kind of like learning about the black experience for like black North Americans was like a big shock to me as well, you know, cause I'm like, you know, like why? Cause I, I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have heard Nigerians come here and thrive, you know, but yeah. like, and to us, we're kind of like, oh, but you guys have everything, you know, why are people still so stuck? And it's hard to understand until you actually see the relationship between like the states and mm-hmm. the population and then mm-hmm. the black, uh, what's the word, marginal uh, populations and communities as well. So I think all of those things together kind of were like this shock to me because I grew up, I, you know, I traveled a bit as a kid, um, but that was like, you know, now I'm, I'm here. I'm like the minority, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of that yeah. was like. So like really, living, living amongst it is, is a very different thing than traveling that. Uh, uh, my yeah. Used to tell me that like once, like when you're traveling, you get to sample the, uh, the actual culture smiley faces yeah exactly exactly (laughs) like i remember uh being in cuba and speaking to a guy on the resort and saying and the guy got so upset he was like you know this is in cuba this is in cuba and i'm like yeah i know it's not cuba we're on vacation right Mm -hmm. but so when you're on vacation you get to sample the the positive things but once you're once you're here and living it you're you're eating the main course right yeah 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 seeing it on a day-to-day basis so like what kind of things what was your age when you you came here um was i it, moved here young I moved right here young. yeah okay so what did moving here and seeing all these things that you'd never seen or experienced before how did those things and seeing how sort of the black population was sort of treated differently in the in the guise of <laughs> north america what what kind of things did that do to your psyche you know um did you feel out of place or was your roots knowing your knowledge of self and your roots? Did that just sort of make you want to thrive for more? Yeah. So, so I, I moved here at 17, like I came here for like university. So that was kind of, at the time I didn't think anything of it because most people in Nigeria, like, like go to school, like in the States or in UK or Canada or even India, like, Ukraine, Russia, different places, because mm-hmm. our system is is broken for many reasons. Like I'm not dissing Nigeria, but that's just what it is, you know. Yeah. Um. So I think, and then also taking it back, like experiencing it is something different, and not even though I was a majority in Nigeria, like as a whole, as a people back there, and this is kind of why when we come here, we're like, oh, but there's so much out here. Like you guys have access to, you have a Canadian passport. You know, you can literally do anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I did like, as a Nigerian, you do experience like discrimination. It's like inbuilt, you know, it's like you, 
and I did I did history, so I understood the roots of everything, but I still mm-hmm. experienced it, you know. Um, like I I I used to play basketball. Like I thought I was gonna be like a football, like soccer player or basketball player. That was my ultimate goal in life. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. coming here as well was kind of for basketball, you know. Right. Um, so I had the experience when I was in Nigeria where um like so I played, I played at a pretty high level. Um, and after high school, like we were supposed to like represent the country in some tournament uh, in Poland, and they didn't give us visas because they're like, "Oh yeah, these guys, uh, you, there's no proof you're gonna come back home." Like you know all this oh, like yeah. Yeah. marginal stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I lost out on that experience, and I was very conscious of it. So coming out here, I think that maybe helped my immersion here because. First off, I didn't have that inferiority complex. I knew what I was. Right. Um, and I expected certain people to be a certain way. So I don't necessarily think it's I, I did I expected it, you know. Like I'm like, there's gonna be it's 50-50. There's gonna be right. stupid people and there's gonna be people who think sensibly, you know. Right. So yeah, yeah. From that perspective, I think it wasn't too much of a too much of a like I was ready if anyone's I was just ready for the experience generally so Mm -hmm. I don't think it it didn't throw me off so much it was Mm -hmm. just more like kind of seeing the perspective of like North Americans where it's like okay so this is this is imagine growing up in this you know like it creates a certain mindset Mm -hmm. yeah self-image you know so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well, yeah, and having that self-awareness sort of makes you sort of, you know, you're that place in between where you can see the perspective and knowing what to expect. So that's a that's a good way to be. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Now now we've noticed that um like your your online presence that you've really kind of hooked into like a Nigerian creative community here in Toronto. Mm. Uh like t- tell us how that came about. Uh, so I think, like I said, I, I went to a transition program like in Hamilton. So I was there for like nine months and then I moved to Toronto and I've been here ever since. So I've been mm-hmm. in Toronto since like 2009 uh, till now. So I've been here for 15 years now, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something about that. Um, so in my transition school, it was mostly Nigerians and other immigrants and Africans, like Asians and stuff like that. So uh, I had that, that was my my experience coming in here, right? So I came in here with people who are just like me. Yeah. Um, and then I went to York University, uh, which is like a university that has a large African community and like, I guess, immigrant community or international student community, for lack of a better term. So I was always kind of in and around that. Uh, and I've I've made music since I was in like high school. So since I was maybe 12, 13, I've been writing. And mm-hmm. since I was like 14, 15, I was in a group. Uh, we wrote, recorded, released songs, performed around town. So I was always kind of, I played basketball, but I made music as well. Journeyman, journeyman, headed for another tournament on another land. Shout out to all my brothers, man, and the girls who held me down when the niggas feeling all down and under, man. 
These words that I'm about to say is The boy you're looking at in front of you would rather stay But I gotta levitate before the gravity brings me back to reality in a different like school was just a thing to be honest like <laughs> yeah um but so i've always kind of been in and around people who make music so when i came out here i kind of kept the same energy and like gravitated towards like-minded people uh so through my immersion program like i met one of the guys who makes a lot of my beats um like the burkina faso track for example like it's someone i met in that like in that program like mm-hmm. the transition program Mm-hmm. Um, and then in university as well, like, you know, you perform at like open mics at like different student event shows and things like yeah. that. Uh, and, you know, I mean, obviously I finished, I had to settle like, you know, to immigrate, you need to get a certain job, you need to have certain things. So it might have taken a backseat, but I always kind of, that community just kind of grew because I came with like-minded people, met those people, and then we just kind of kept growing our community pretty much so yeah yeah it's interesting how you gravitate towards people of like mind huh Mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's kind of a natural organic type of thing yeah yeah Yeah. it's a it's a beautiful thing because then you know you you kind of all are doing your own thing your own identity but you're growing together as the same but pursuing the different dreams and then some passions that sort of that always kind of been there you kind of start sort of pursuing a little bit more with that help. So, I mean, that was, that's how I kind of met you in the sort of, you know, at an open mic and you can yeah, see the people yeah. coming together and people just want to share who they are, no judgment. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good feeling to be around when, when you're in it. Um, so that leads to, of course, you know, you said you started writing at 12 or 13. Was it always sort of music? And what was that spark that ignited that for you? Like, what made you want to sort of step outside of your regular world and explore your world? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I, I started off with like poetry. So I would just write like one page, two pages, just like write and just keep writing. There was like no structure to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's me personally. I would just write, write, write. Because I, I read a lot as a kid. Like I read all the time. So like I read a lot of books like local authors international authors my mom like is a very big reader so i would just like go pick up her book and just read it like so i kind of had a good grasp of the english language i think Mm -hmm. uh and i would just like write about whatever whatever i was feeling and just write 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 um and i think uh obviously with the internet age like lyrics became a big thing so you download your download like 50 cent songs and like lyrics and then go to school and just like (laughs) i know the lyrics to this song so then a couple of my friends would just like do that and then at some point uh one of my one of my friends in high school came back from like a summer vacation trip and his parents got him a laptop got him a microphone got him like fruity loops and he just because he was very musical so he played like a lot of instruments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he just made this cd and just brought like five copies and I was just like you 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we just started writing from there and then recording and then we just kind of kept it going from there so that's, that's kind of cool. how it started but I'm sure to be 
cool. And now from that, listening to your, some of your music uh, I, and seeing some of your performances, you can definitely hear a lot of the eclectic influences that you have, range from soul to hip hop to Afro beats. To, now, how did coming to North America, how did, or sorry, how did North American hip hop play a part in influencing your style different from the one they already had? Uh, yeah, so I think, so, uh, Af African music, Nigerian music has always been great and like has always been a part of the broader, like what I'll term like, uh, black sound for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So even like in the jazz days, like we had high life, which is the same type of influence where it's like the saxophones, yeah. the bass, the keys, and then the vocals and everything. So we kind of had very similar vibes. Like mm -hmm. literally all the music that was happening out here was happening back there. It's just, it wasn't the internet age and yeah. mm -hmm. it you wasn't what it is yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think there's always been that like cross influence, especially to Nigeria because we consume a lot of like North American and Caribbean music, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Writing this song for Burkina Faso and Ghana too. Wahala day, they trying to take her away. But no way, no way, Jose. Stay baby, don't go. Look what we've done. Prize got us torn. Money got us hungry for the fucking unattainable. It is a nightmare, quite scary. Yeah, leadership just gets worse. I'm starting to believe it's a curse. Looking past the sunset. Damn, it's funny how the words redefine fucking history. See, Molly's trying to break up. Sudan already broke up. Sit praying to God that we wake up. Cause Nigeria's on the road, pray to God that we make up Fishy ain't it, cause the money never gets to the poor But somehow the poor's paying for the shit And Somalia's on fire too, Gaddafi died too I'm stuck in two worlds caught uh, Like we had MTV, like cable So we had like all of the American Caribbean songs like really big in Nigeria, like TV and radio. So mm -hmm. it was always kind of in and around. Yeah. So I and, would say, sorry. Oh, and and I, I didn't mean to interrupt. And Fela uh, Kuti was a big yeah. influence, like encompassing all those wor worlds yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. what I was, I was thinking about Fela Kuti, man. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's huge. Actually, I, I don't think it was UJ who introduced me to Fela Kuti. I, f I forget who it was. Someone brought me a CD years ago. And I, I was playing it and I was, I was like, uh, it was hilarious. I said, who's this fella? Who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy, fella? Kut but again, before internet, right? So you can't yeah, search yeah. and actually see what fella Kuti is, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was big out here too. Like he was yeah, big yeah. in like the UK and States, like in terms of even touring and everything. So he was big, big, but yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. it was, pre-internet age so you have mm -hmm. to kind of be in it to know yeah. um but yeah i'll say like just it's always been side by side and i think the difference now is with the internet it's like you know download be having easy access to just downloading songs like this was like maybe early 2000s you're just like oh song came yeah. out downloaded true uh like i said you get lyrics so 
all of those things kind of came together to at least influence me as a person, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, there were also lots of concerts with like dancehall artists, reggae artists, mm-hmm. uh, hip hop artists like, coming back home and performing. Um, like at, at the time I was growing up. So uh, you'll find local artists tended to make similar types of music. So kind of influenced by soul. So there was heavy R&B, like heavy soul, mm-hmm. uh, like heavy hip hop, like heavy reggae, heavy yeah. dancehall. Dancehall was a little a little more niche because like I said, it's a, it's a conservative society. Yeah, but I mean. it definitely had its place like in the clubs and like outside when you go out and stuff. So yeah um i'll say african music has always been great uh it just kind of became more mainstream like with the opening of access to like even look at tiktok like in the pandemic like mm-hmm. nigeria music blew up just because it started trending on tiktok and going yeah. viral so it's yeah. always been great it's mm-hmm. just kind of now more uh out there for lack of a better term yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, like I even find now, like I'm, I'm watching a show or something like that. And like a clip of a song will come up, you know, and you know, you pick, you take your cell, your cell phone out and you can search just from the clip of music, the clip comes up and it's actually populated in, in my, on my phone already, okay. no yeah. matter where the artist is or how big or small the artist is or where they're from. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely yeah, agree with you. That it's more, more, yeah, Shazam, yeah, uh, more, yeah. more access, right? More access. Yeah. yeah 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 and, and, and then also sorry just one more thing so i guess yeah. even with all of that access this is i guess the new dimension to it there's a lot more confidence in the content so you're finding a lot more original like it's always been from an original place but you're finding a lot more like local like languages local dialects local influences in the music so it mm-hmm. it is kind of expanding even yeah. though it's kind of always been out there so yeah and even in this day and age it's you know of internet and people being able to upload their things quickly people are able to work on albums upload to spotify you find people find a little bit more confidence in themselves to actually share that what they're going through and and exploring that because no matter what man i always say expression and music it's timeless it brings people together and mm. you know all these influences that we've experienced over the years man we can put that and spin it into our own and you know express yourself if that's what you want to do you know mm-hmm. yeah now um uh sort we touched upon it a little bit but uh mm-hmm. in your mind um is there a difference how black people are treated in here in canada versus nigeria i mean you came from sort of a place where you were kind of the majority so you know yeah coming here other than the culture shock what have you noticed even systemically uh i would say yes and no mm-hmm. probably controversial i know like even amongst my friends i'm the only person who has like the perspective i have um or let me not say the only one but i think yes and no because the dynamics that operate here kind of also operate in nigeria as well Mm -hmm. so nigeria is kind of divided along like class and ethnic lines so Mm -hmm. we're here like there's almost like a there's an assumption of your social status when someone see well maybe not more so now like in 2023 but i think maybe when i just came it was more like of an assumption of your social status based on your race and uh you know people feel like inherently better than you just because 
Like, you know, I was having this discussion like recently, like just like a bum on the street thinks like, <laughs> like go back to your country. I'm like, yo, chill. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's just an assumption of your social status because like maybe you're black and everyone just feels better than you. And, uh, but you know, that's the thing as well. Like I've learned here is it's not everyone, you know, it's like, it's like a bell curve. Like you're going to have the people who are like, I'm, better than you and you're gonna have the people who like are more level-headed and like oh yeah like Mm -hmm. we're humans Mm -hmm. so i think that's like a big thing i've realized is even in these groups these like oppressive groups like there is like a division somewhere in the middle uh because like i said so that's why yes i know because here there's an assumption of what you are and who you should be because of what you look like Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, the same dynamics, because I think here it's like, it's like a social status or a class thing. And the same thing kind of happens in Nigeria. Obviously, if you're at the top of the totem pole, like you're going to get no harassment from the police. You're going to get everything you want. Everybody's going to like feed you like or serve you hand and foot. Um, and then there's also the other dynamic as well, which is maybe similar to the way like race in in a North American context is where depending on what tribe you're from, mm-hmm. there are the major tribes, even within the major tribes, they are the dominant ones, politically speaking, mm-hmm. and the ones who basically control the public service, the army, and, you know, all the institutions of government. And depending on where you're from, you'll kind of get a certain type of treatment. So for example, here in Canada, if you're a black billionaire, they might treat you maybe with maybe not as good as a white billionaire, but you would still get a lot of favorable treatments, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and if you were a black regular person, you're going to be like lower on the totem pole. So it's similar in Nigeria where like depending on your tribe, you're going to be either at the top or at the bottom of the totem pole. And then if you're at the bottom tribe wise, but you're rich, 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 obviously you rise up. And then it's just that whole dynamic that plays out. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I think my experience in Canada in that sense has kind of given me a different lens on like, you know, what it would take to kind of, or let me say the types of alliances that are needed to kind of emancipate the people from their, their pain and suffering. Because a lot of people here in the marginal communities and even just generally speaking, like, let's just say non-black folks who are protesting oppression or whatever, we're all fighting the same people and they're all working together. Like the top of the pile in Nigeria is working with the top of the pile out here to exploit everybody. So ultimately I think that's kind of what my, one thing my experience here has kind of given me that like, it's not necessarily a racial or, I mean, it is, don't get me wrong because humans are tribal. Mm-hmm. But the bigger issue is more, I think, um, class and uh, authority than yeah. Yeah. that. I think so. Yeah, and that's money. Good. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think Jay, you were just about to say that um, you know those that control the resources and the major resource being money are those that are more powerful and they basically dictate so that it, it kind of translates from Nigeria to Canada, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm hearing you say there. That's, that, that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the cycle continues because if even if you look at the slave trade, right? You know, they came in and it so, was Africans who were selling yeah, people. Yeah, man. And, it and was. those same people, that's the thing. Those same people are the people in power back home today. Right. And you know, there's this another thing I learned here is there's this perspective, at least from what I've gleaned. I don't know if it's a blanket thing, but like where North Americans, the same way Africans look at North Americans, they're like, oh, but you have everything. Why aren't you? North Americans also look at Africans and they're like, first off, you sold us off. You sold us out. <laughs> and you're just, you can't, you can't fix your shit. You know, they don't understand that it's still kind of the same system we're living in, yeah, just yeah. with maybe a little bit more liberties in certain mm-hmm. ways, but it's still the same power structures and groups specifically that are working together to exploit the globe let's put it like that yeah well you know when it comes down to it for your average person uh especially people of color there's more that links us together than makes us different exactly you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. and um like hearing you talk about your experiences in nigeria just kind of solidifies that fact yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah now um i understand i hope you can still you were you were going to bless us with uh some words or some song or or something like that could you do a little something like that for us yeah but before before you get started on all that i do want to do a shout out to uh lalo brewery uh this is how dino and i met and um you know we had a great conversation after one of the performances and that's Mm -hmm. how i was able to ask him to be on the podcast so i want to give a shout out to lalo brewery they're always they're you know a small brewery small place uh hip-hop community uh community just bringing people really together to vibes, do their things vibes. always i love it and uh, i want to give out a shout out to ariel sim and uh chelsea for hosting soul slam which they do monthly where people can come and share themselves i've been mm. there twice performed twice uh you feel good it's it's a it's a good night of creativity and people sharing what they do so uh i just wanted to mention those so now i'm gonna give it up to you there do you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Soul Slam and Lelo Brewery. Uh, Soul Slam, cool collective of a, a cool duo, I guess, of yeah. people and yeah. a very uh, nice community community they're building. And Lelo as well is a really nice spot. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I'm sure some of you do, but Jay is also like a nice lyricist as well. Yeah. So he comes out and spits one, two bars. So thanks, man. Uh, don't judge me too harshly on my on what I rap afterwards because oh. I know you're you're also skilled at that. Hey man, um, listen, everyone has a story to tell, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to get into it, uh, so I am putting out a project that uh, what would be April the nineteenth, so next week Wednesday, based on when we're recording this. You can edit this out if. <laughs> If it doesn't apply, but next week, Wednesday, April 19th, uh, I'm putting out my project. Uh, It's called Journeyman EP. Uh, These are songs I've had for a while. Uh, I'll say I wrote these songs like between seven to nine years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like I told you, just career, trying to like settle and doing different things. So it's kind of like taken me a while to put it out for many different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of getting to a point where like I write all, I write a, well, maybe not recently, but I've always written a lot. So I was like, I'm getting new beats and I'm like, I'm just going to work on some new things and I'm just going to put all these songs to the side. 
Uh, so Journeyman EP is going to be three songs, three of my old songs. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of them that like I didn't actually get to put out, but it's all good. Um, so I just decided, you know what, before working on any new things, like a few people who had listened to my stuff were like, yeah, no, it still sounds, it still sounds tight, it still sounds solid. So uh, it's old to you, but it's, it's new to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it still sounds good today, then I mean, maybe there is something there, you know? So yeah. I kind of, sorry, Jay, you go. No, oh, music is timeless, man. It doesn't really matter. You know, you got to tell your story and sometimes it takes time. And when you're ready, you're yeah, ready. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's per- now perfect time is always now, you know? Yeah, so it's now only always. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be three songs, Journeyman EP. Uh, I am uh, putting out a, I'm having a release party event as well. It's going to be in uh, Hail Coffee, which is uh, close to DuPont and Lansdowne if you're in Toronto. So if you hear this before then, pull up or hit me up on socials and we could connect and like, you know, I'll figure something out. Tell you when I'm performing next or whatever the case is. But um, okay, so I'm going to do one verse from one of the three songs. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the last song on the project called Change. I do this thing where I call the song the first thing that comes to my mind, and then I just kind of work through the iterations. So mm-hmm. initially, this song was called Change, comma, We Have To. Uh, and the hook goes, and it's the change we have to make to make it better. Been waiting my whole life for this moment. Celebrate life tonight for this. Every time you hear this song, say that right from here, I'm going to care. I'm going to change everything. I swear I'm gonna fix up my ways and it's just the change that we have to make. So change we have to is just kind of pulling something out of there, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. evolved into just being called change. Yeah. Uh, and I actually have like an awesome singer, like one a good friend of mine, Shade Awele, uh, like mm-hmm. an R&B singer based in Vancouver. She does the hook, so mm-hmm. sounds cool. way better than it just sounded now. So um, <laughs> sounded sounded good, man. <clears throat> The verse goes, uh, and I, I like the song. It's kind of an uplifting song, I think. Uh, I wrote it kind of to give me that vibe. So the first, it's the first verse in the song, and it goes, What you saying, get up. Ain't the time to let up. Every day is a fresh chance to fix your setup. You can get it better. You just need that first step to set off, but don't forget your sweater. It's a cold world out there today. Just hope your heart is pure and your head is straight. Nothing wrong with waking up and striving for better days. Whatever it is you're doing, that's your piece of cake. However you make your bed, you lay. But in any case, I'm still in charge. Still got some sort of chance in control of the plans. Outcome depends totally upon these hands and their input. Simply put, I got to dig into the dirt to find gold. And that's the method I'm into. Sprinter, school of hard knocks, presenter. Took some harder knocks, so I'm a bit more chill. But reading to the will and scale, that's where we're sealed. Eh? And it's the change we have to make to make it better. Been waiting my whole life for this moment. Celebrate life tonight for this. Every time you hear this song, say that right from here, I'm going to care. I'm going to change everything. Swear I'm going to fix up my ways and it's just the change that we have to Man. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Awesome. That's the way to do it. Thanks for sharing it. And that's yeah. acapella is tough to do, man. So you know, <laughs> and it sounded good. And the lyrics are important. And you know, it's 
I can see how, you know, you want to express yourself and everyone wants to strive to be a better person. So thanks for mm. continuing to do that message in, in your way. Right. We all Definitely. have a part in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Dino, this awesome conversation, man. It was really nice meeting you. Uh, do you have anything uh, else to add before we wrap up, man? Uh, no, I mean, just my project's out April 19th. I'm having mm. a show as well, uh, DuPont and Lansdowne Hail Coffee. Uh, you can check my Instagram, D-N-O-S underscore W-V-R-L-D. So Dino's underscore world. Uh, and you can see like any updates or all the links to all the shows and all the projects and everything. Uh, so you can check me out there. Hit me up if you have anything you want to share, if you want to chat, whatever the case is, I'm, I'm down to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you very much for coming on, man. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, one last thing. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, It was an honor to to meet you when I did. And it was an honor to have some conversations. And it was it was good to finally get you on the podcast to share some of your story, different perspectives, different experiences. Mm -hmm. We're all we're all in the same gang, as they say. And, uh, you know, just keep doing your thing, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jay. Appreciate you, Derek. Yeah, it's nice meeting you, man. Yeah, likewise. All right. Likewise. You have been listening to Down Home. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The instrumental for the song Change and the song Burkina Faso are courtesy of Dino. Now it's time to flex with the force from the soul Reaching all aspects, getting deep, no time to sleep As you reach your next phase, laying it all on the line New trail start to blaze, it's a fire inside A brand new path, breaking down the sum to one Feeling free, I just laugh with the joy of the song Breaking new ground from the breakdown. Like magic prescribed, only to see the perfect blend like a diamond in the rough. Ready to drop a perfect gem. It's time to shine so fine to see what you find. Revolution starts with.